and turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter one. I want to return to Joshua chapter one. We're going to do part two today on living the life of good success, living the life of good success, part two. I do want to pray with you all before we go into the word of God. And then after we minister the word of the Lord, uh, we'll, 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 we'll stay right here in the spirit of worship and, and receiving all that it is that I believe the Lord has for us on this Sunday morning. Father, this morning, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power that we sense and feel even here in this virtual space. Only a God like you, God can, can yet minister, speak, heal, encourage, and strengthen in a space where we physically are away from one another because you are omnipresent. That is that you're everywhere, at the same time, because you're omnipotent. That means you're all powerful and you're omniscient. You're all knowing. What a God that we serve. What a mighty God that we serve. Angels yet bow before you. Heavens and earth adores you. And Father, we thank you for this glorious second Sunday of 2022. We thank you for your divine presence, your purpose, and your glorious reality. God, would you speak today from heaven to the very hearts and minds of these, your precious sons and daughters in the earth. We thank you for a word of clarity and direction and discernment. We thank you, oh God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your hand of grace and blessings and prosperity. Father, we thank you, Lord, for healing in the land. You said in the word of God, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, that if we, God, would, would repent of our sins, that we would get, you would hear from heaven. You would forgive our sins. You would heal our lands. Father, may we walk in humility, for you said if we would humble ourselves, you would exalt us in due time. And Father, thank you for healing the lands all throughout the country, throughout the world. And Father, I thank you for revival and renewal in every church, set these pastors and preachers a flame of fire. And Father, thank you for your will being done. Father, as we look at the word success today, may we see it the way you see it. May we see success as you would have it to be in our lives. Would you bless this time in Jesus' name? Amen and amen and amen. The book of Joshua chapter one and verse eight. The book of Joshua chapter one and verse eight. In fact, I wanna read not only Joshua one and eight, but I'd ask that you also find the book of Isaiah, chapter 54 and verse two and three. The book of Isaiah, chapter 54 and verse two and verse three. Joshua one and eight. And then once again, I just wanna welcome those today who are watching this on Facebook Live. Our numbers are yet climbing and thank God for those of you that are sharing this and you've taken pride and, and heart to, to encourage other people to join this broadcast today. Uh, for those that are just joining us, my wife and I say good morning and welcome. We say glad you're with us today in this virtual space. Um, please stay tuned to the latest updates and developments at the City Church. We have no choice but to minister in this virtual space. So whether it's the app, whether it's constant contact emails, whether it's the text messaging services, uh, whether it's an old-fashioned phone tree, please, please, we ask and beg of you to stay astute, to stay alert, to know what's happening at the church on a regular basis. This is a good season for the church, and I believe that God will bless every one of us in this season. Uh, for those that are visiting and those that are our guests today, welcome to the City Church. We're grateful that you're with us, and may the Lord bless every one of you just for being with us today during this broadcast. The book of the law should not depart from your mouth, the Bible says 
but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, for then it will make your way prosperous. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You will have good success. You know what? I'm going to actually skip down a little bit here. And, and um, I didn't plan to read these other scriptures until later in the message, but let me read them now. Listen to the word success. Listen listen out for the word success. Sometimes success seems to be a secular word. If you're not careful, you will allow others to make you think that the word success is not a biblical word. But I did a word search on success and I found out that it is it is all throughout both Old and the New Testament. In fact, in the New International Version, we see it often than in other versions of the Bible. Notice what the Bible says in Genesis 39 and 2 and 3. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. He was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success. Notice here, the Lord gave him success and all that he did to prosper in his hand and all that he did prospered in his hand. Uh, watch this. Early in the morning, early in the morning, the Bible says Second Chronicles 20 and 20. Notice this. And you're probably familiar with Second Chronicles 20 and 20. But how does it read in the New International Version? Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you shall be of hell. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. And you will be successful. Have faith in his prophets. I wonder how that would read in 2022. Have faith in his men and women of God who hear from heaven, and you will be successful. What about Nehemiah 2 and 20? Nehemiah 2, 20. Again, New International Version. I answered, Nehemiah says, them. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants and we started rebuilding. But as for you, you will have no share in Jerusalem nor claim or historic right to it. Uh, if you all recall, Nehemiah has to deal with Sambalat, Geshem, and Tobiah, those haters of Israel back in the days of Nehemiah. He warns them sternly that God will give us success. But as for you haters, and as for you doubters, and as for you who criticized, scorned, and spoke against us, you will not have any part of what the Lord will do for us. Notice, God will give us good success. Let me give you one last scripture. What about Ecclesiastes 10 and 10? Ecclesiastes 10 and 10. And by the way, whenever you hear something that resonates with the Holy Ghost in you, just go ahead and hit that thumbs button or hit that hearts button. I can't hear you saying amen, but I can see them hearts and I can't see those thumbs up and I can read some of the chats, right? Hallelujah. What about Ecclesiastes 10 and 10? Listen closely. If the ax is dull and the edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Skill will bring success. Going back to school will bring some success. Going on some online classes will bring success. 
doing some YouTube tutorials will bring success. Getting some mentoring will bring success. Learning a new language will bring success. Getting off that couch and putting that popcorn down and putting that bag of potato chips and pork rinds down and seeking the Lord will bring success. Listen, if the ax head is dull, more strength will be needed. But baby, get you some skills, right? Get some skill and God promise you will have good success. Today, I want to talk just for the next few moments, living the life of good success, good success. I want to prophesy right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. And if I was in church, my God, I'd be at the edge of the podium. And I, I, I look over at Brother Mark and say, man, get on them keys. Because I just feel the Holy Ghost right now, right? Um, Isaiah saw something. And here's what he said. Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home. And spare no expense. When was the last time you heard a preacher say, saints, spread, spare no expense? The Lord said, spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. That's right, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Write it down, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarging the place of your dwelling, enlarging your tents, build in addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. The late Dr. Oral Roberts would say often, make no small plans. I wonder sometimes the reason God hasn't honored your dreams, your vision, your plans. I wonder maybe they were too small. Average inspires nobody. And I wonder if, if, if maybe God was waiting for you to see the cup half full, not necessarily half empty. I know some of you all been waiting for your ship to come in, whereas you need to put your waders on and go out and meet your ship halfway in the middle of the water. And so today, living a life of good success, we see Joshua and we see Caleb. And I need to go back and review just for a little bit for those that are joining us online. And maybe you wasn't with us last week. Joshua and Caleb, they were two different motor scooters. I mean, they were two different type of men. I love those two men. When I get to heaven and, and we meet Jesus, and obviously I think Jesus should be the first person you meet. After all, he's the one who actually paid the sacrificial price for your soul. I think Jesus should be the first. Oh, I want to see my mama. And I can't wait to see my granddaddy. And I can't wait to see my cousin. You know what? All of them get in line. I want to see the man who died for my soul. So the man whose blood was shed on Calvary's cross and before I was a thought in my mother and father's eyes who died and died for my sins and rose on the third day while I was yet a sinner. He died for me. And even when I fell in my sin, he picked me up, put my feet on level ground and gave me an opportunity to live again by his grace. I want to spend the first thousand years or so with Jesus and all of eternity. But you know what? Uh, after Jesus, I'm going to walk over there and say, hey, Joshua and Caleb, can we go somewhere and talk? Because y'all was two different Nigers, right? Uh, Niger. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 13, there were men from Niger, not Niger. So uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two men out of the two million who actually were in Egypt, who actually came through the wilderness 
and actually came into the promised land. Only two out of two million. What were the odds? Joshua and Caleb, what powerful men these guys were. Um, uh, they were the two spies who, when the other 10 came back out of the 12 and said, we can't do this. These guys are tall, they're big, they're, they're, they're rough and tough, they're gangsters. They're going to kill us and eat us for lunch. Joshua and Caleb said, you know what? They may be big and they may be tall and they may be gangsters, but you know, there's a little gangster in us too. And you know what? By the help and the grace of God, we, I, I think, you know, in fact, I know we could take these two down. I'll fight all of them if I got to fight by myself. And the Bible says that these two quieted the people and God gave Israel the victory because of these two men. The Lord, uh, excuse me, the word Joshua, his name in Hebrew means the Lord saves. We find that in the Greek when we see the word Jesus, the word Jesus comes to the word Yahshua or Joshua. The J is cited in Greek. So Yahshua, Yahshua Hamashiach, Jesus is the Lord saved, comes from the derivative of Joshua. He was Moses's personal servant. And what else do we know about Joshua? Well, one thing we do know, he didn't have no parents and we, we don't know who his mama, who his daddy was because the Bible says he was a son of none. Let me get some coffee real quick. Uh, White Dreamer. Uh, that was meant to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> his daddy's name was Nun, N-U-E. So he was a son of Nun. Uh, I want to talk to you real quick about living the life of good success. Last Sunday, we talked about good success. In fact, I think we brought out a good definition of not, you know, of not, of what good success is not. Okay. And I think we came around the corner and then we defined what good success is. Good success cannot be a Lexus, a Mercedes Benz and a BMW only. That cannot be good success because we know a whole lot of people who got all of that and still are miserable. Good success cannot be living in a certain zip code. OK, I grew up in what I grew up, but, you know, uh, 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 raising a family in Cornelius, North Carolina, raising a family in one of the nicest neighborhoods in this area. I, I saw multimillionaires pushing. In fact, I've gotten out my car to help professional athletes push their their car because it broke down. And um, uh, I've seen the foreclosures and we've seen the repossessions. And, you know, uh, just because you live in a certain zip code, because you drove a certain car, because you had a certain watch on, that doesn't bring certain success. We've seen people who wear certain colors of their fraternity or their sorority or people who had certain degrees on their walls. And because they had, that does not equate to true success. They had the trophy wife or they had the chiseled husband or they had the seemingly perfect set stair step of kids. Those things don't necessarily necessarily equate to good success. Even in the church, you got the sanctuary, you got the choir, you got the clothes and the custom wear, but those things don't equate to good success. The word success simply means to bring an accomplishment to something you've attempted, to complete something you began. And so true success, I wonder how does that look in the eyes of God? And so last Sunday, we said, you know, success is, is achieving in those areas that God would be pleased with. I need to slow down just for a moment here. S achieving in those areas. Someone put that in the chat room for me. Achieving in those areas that God will be pleased with. As a husband, as a wife, as a stepmom, as a student. As a Bible study participant, um, are we our brother's keeper? True success 
as a faithful steward, achieving in those areas that God will be pleased with. You've heard me say over 20 something years, are you majoring in those things that are major in your life? Have you learned to minor in those things that are minor in your life? And so with these things being said, my goal is that you are significant, is that you find those things that are meaningful and important and noteworthy and essential. I preached a message a couple of weeks ago called Being Uniquely You in 22. Being Uniquely You in 22. I'm, I'm scared. I'm petrified that there are people who have aborted the spirit of success trying to be like somebody else. They've got this Napoleon complex. They've got this, this narcissistic um, it's all about me. I need to please everybody else. I've got this short man syndrome and I've got to overcompensate and I've got to do all of this stuff because I've never been comfortable with being me, uniquely me, the me that God created me to be, wonderfully, creatively, fearfully me. And because we don't know our identity, we go out and find we spend our lives trying to be like somebody else. And now the challenge is with this whole social media virtual world on top of catfishing, on top of Photoshop, on top of all of this veneer and make believe and soon virtual realities and all of this extra stuff. I, my wife and I, we were fortunate to go to a, a technology conference this past week. And it was so overwhelming. It was so, it was so, it was, it was a blessing to be there. It was a joy to be there. It was enlightening me there. But I'll be honest with you, it was somewhat, it was somewhat trepidating. Because when you start looking at robots and you start looking at AR technology and, and um, innovations and, uh, um, you know, all, I don't even know the terminologies, but it's scary when you can look at man's technology that's gonna be replacing you in about five or 10 years. It's scary when robots and artificial intelligence looks more like you now and me, but that's the trend that we're going and we're losing our identity in this process. So we concluded last Sunday by saying this, true success is finding and flowing in your why. Do you know your why for being here on the earth? What is your purpose? What has God called you to be? Who has God called you to be? Why did you survive cancer? Survive the heart attack? Survive the car accident? Why did you survive whatever child illnesses you survived? You survived a divorce. You survive a, a nervous breakdown. You survive some serious stuff you went through. You're better today than you've ever been. You're sharper today than you've ever been. You're more fluid and more sound and solid today than you've ever been. Why? Why? I'm almost finished. Find and flow in your why. I say it again. True success is to find your why and to flow in your why. True success 
is to find your why and to flow in your, because here's the reality. Nothing else will ever measure up. You can go out there and make a whole bunch of money, but if that ain't your why, eh, it, at the end of the day, it just, it just won't suffice. You can surround yourself with a whole bunch of VIP and high octane and high caliber people. But boy, if that is not your why, you're going to be lonely in a crowd of a thousand people. You can travel the world seven times over and shake everybody's hand twice. But if that's not your why, right, it doesn't matter. Last week, we started with three things you could do today to live a life of success. I think I gave you one. Today, I want to give you the other two and we'll be finished, right? Number one, if you remember, we said you got to start living like he's alive. You got to start living like he's alive. What does that really mean? Um, as Christians, oftentimes I wonder, do we live as if he's alive? And then in other words, do you live as if he's dead? Do you live as if he, like a lot of these other cool, quote unquote self-proclaimed gods are dead? Is he still on the throne? Is he still in control? Yeah, we're going through a pandemic. We're going through another variant but he's still on the throne. He's still alive. I mean, I understand and don't, and I don't want to be insensitive when I say this, but part of my frustration is I know people get sick and ill, he got symptoms, this, that, and the other, but thank God ain't nobody fell dead. I'm so happy to know that he's a healer. I'm so happy to know that, okay, you, no matter where you stand on this variant and science and, and, and politics and, and, and conspiracy theories and all of that other stuff, at the end of the day, thank, he's still a healer. He, you're still living right now. You're going to be fine. You're going to make it. Yeah, be safe, be smart, be healthy. Uh, uh, don't be overexposed. But he's still on the throne. He's still God. And with that being said, you got to live like he is alive. You cannot let the spirit of fear keep you under a rock for the rest of your life. Oh, it's raining outside. Okay, so what? A little rain ain't going to hurt you? No, it's not. Don't let fear grip your heart so to where you can succeed and be who God's called you to be. Yeah, it's going to be some midnight oil burning. Yeah, you're going to have to wake up a little earlier than, than the rest. Yes, it's going to be some pressure. Yes, it's going to be some people you got to deal with. But whatever you do, keep pressing and keep moving on. Do not let fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Here's what he did give you. Power, love, and a safe thinking mind, right? That's the goal and that's the reality. This is why Jesus reminds every one of us, therefore, do not worry saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? I mean, look at you. When's the last time you had to worry about getting a full meal? Look at me. I'm not worried about a full meal. Uh, and by the looks of some of you, you're not worried about a full meal as of lately. So why worry about what we will eat, drink, or wear? For your heavenly father knows that we have need of these things. Here's what he says you should, you, you should focus on. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. And you know what? The food, the shelter, the clothing, the, 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 the everything else will be added. Notice, he didn't even have to say he had to work for it. He didn't say you'd have to go out and barter for it. He didn't say you'd have to go out and negotiate for it. He says, you know what? If you seek the kingdom, I'll raise up people to sow into your life. I'll orchestrate people. I'll ordain steps. I'll sow maneuver things so that people will knock on your door and put something into your hand. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Number two, be loyal. Be loyal. I think that is a word that has almost expired <clears throat> in our culture. Excuse me. <clears throat> that is a word that has almost expired in our culture. What have happened to loyalty? 
You all remember loyalty. I know some of y'all are going with that one. You say, Pastor Stevens, what does loyalty have to do with living your best successful or uh, living a successful life? It has everything to do with it. Are you loyal on your job? Because, you know, um, <laughs> I hate to admit this, but, you know, there are a lot of us, you don't get your way on the job and you swell up, you get you get in your feelings and you'll quit in a heartbeat. You know, John Madden passed away this past week, a week before last, and he was infamous. He was famously known for saying, when a man talks about retiring, he has already retired in his head. And some of you all, you retired 10 years before you actually quit your job. You were just going through the motions for a paycheck. And I say that to say this, whatever happened to being loyal, when you look back at Joshua and Caleb, one of the main characteristics of Joshua was he was loyal to Moses. He was loyal to the church. In fact, the Bible says that Joshua never left the temple. All the other people did. All the other assistants were nowhere to be found. All the others jetted. But Joshua, the son of Nun, never left the temple. In fact, what about Caleb? Numbers 32, 12, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kizanite, the and Joshua, son of Nun, for they followed the Lord holy. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y. They followed holy the Lord. They didn't half step with their commitment to the Lord. They didn't in and out one day and up and down the next day. They didn't have pick and choose Sundays. They didn't go up and down, up and down with the flow. The Bible says, for they have wholly followed the Lord. I, I hate to say this, and I know you're going to think I'm overly judgmentally criticizing. But I want to do we wholly follow the Lord and without being temperamental. And without being inconsistent based on how we feel or based on how blessed we got. They wholly followed the Lord. And, 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 and I take inventory of my own life, my own life. You know, am I wholly following the Lord because doors are opening, because the money came through, because I got peace in my home, because I'm, I'm, I'm overcoming temptation? Well, can I wholly follow the Lord if doors aren't opening? if I don't feel good in my body, if things aren't going my way. Because Joshua and Caleb wholly followed the Lord. They were loyal to those they were called to. The Bible says that Moses spoke to God, or excuse me, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend, Exodus 33, 11. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, he did not depart from the tabernacle. I don't expect 90% of y'all to understand this one, but the 10% that do, there's something special about working in the house of God. There's something special about serving in the house of God. I, listen, I don't expect a whole bunch of amens. I'm going to look over here. I notice I don't do a whole bunch of thumbs up and hearts. I, I, I didn't think I would, but I come from the old camp. There was just something special about volunteering about serving. This past week, I saw a group of brothers at the church. They were vacuuming and they were cleaning and they were doing it. They're not on payroll. They're not getting a gift certificate to Outback Steakhouse or the Red Lobster. You know what? They were just serving because they get it. They understood. Uh, we have church mothers. We have ladies. Every They'll come by and clean. They'll come by and answer the phone. They'll come by and help. I came out of a camp 30 years ago where we we, we went to church I was, and I was a college student. I drove the, the, the college student bus. They didn't pay me. 
to drive a bus on Sunday morning. I had my CDL. I, I, I drove a school bus in high school. So I said, hey, I'll volunteer. I'll drive the college student ministry at Evangel Fellowship in 1989 and 1990. They didn't pay me, but it was just something about serving. Uh, 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 when I was a when I was a sophomore, we'd go over to the church and we'd, we'd shine the brass on the pulpit in the music area. They didn't pay us to do that. We'd clean the toilets in the bathroom. Uh, I, I, I didn't preach a sermon. I didn't preach a series. I didn't teach no Sunday school classes. But I tell you what I did do. We cleaned the bathroom. We got the weeds out of the crack of the concrete in front of the church at 507 Balboa Street in Greensboro, North Carolina. Once again, they didn't put me up on Sunday morning and say, hey, here's Brother Mike. He cleaned the church. He he helped uh, cut the grass. In the well, none of that. There was something about working and serving in the house of God. Joshua was loyal to the house of God. I'm almost finna give me one more, give me one more point and I'll close out. The Bible says in Numbers 16, uh, uh, 14 and 6, Numbers 14 and 6. But Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all of the con congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land was passed through, excuse me, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly a good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us to that land and give it to us, which that land was flowed with milk and honey. What are you saying? Because they were loyal, they saw something other people didn't see. Let me stop right there and talk to you. I tell you what, the time is 11.05. I need about six minutes to close this message out, but you got to hear me in the Holy Ghost. You got to hear me prophetically because they were loyal to those that they were called to. God showed them things that other people couldn't see. In other words, they were able to see the invisible. What do you mean? They saw things other people couldn't see. You remember Elijah? Remember his servant? Servant, Elijah saw some things in the spirit realm and everybody was freaking out. And they were buckling at the knees. And Elijah said, God, cause my servant to see what I'm seeing. And sure enough, when God answered that prayer, the servant saw that, you know what? Wow, we actually got more with us than more with them. When you're loyal to the man and woman of God, when you're loyal to the house of God, when you're loyal to the vision of God, you will see things that other people can't see. Not only that, you'll hear things that other people can't hear. You see the invisible, you hear the inaudible, and then third and finally, you will do the impossible. You will do the impossible. What are you saying, Dr. Stevens? You will do things that other people only dreamt, only wish they could do in this lifetime. Why? Because they are loyal. We've lost loyalty. We're no longer committed or connected or in covenant with things that are important in the things of God. And then we wonder why we're not walking in good success. Be loyal on your job. Don't be with the gossip crowd. Don't be with the disgruntled crowd. I mean, look at where we're at in America, the unemployment rate. People can't find people to work for. You've been, you've been, to, Chick uh, you've been to a restaurant lately? You've seen customer service lately? You've seen the lack of employees lately? People are like, forget this. I can make more money at home collecting unemployment than working for you. There's no more loyalty. There's no more loyalty in the church. Preacher, preach too long. I'm going over here. Where the preacher don't preach enough meat and content. I'm going somewhere else. Well, you know, the choir, uh, they, they're too old-fashioned. I'm going over here. Well, you know, they're too temporary. I'm going over there. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to throw no shade, but you, you, you all have no idea what pastors have to deal with from time to time. You, you, you love on people, you, you, you minister to people, you, you give the shirt off your back for people, but say one thing politically incorrect, the whole family gone. 
You mean to tell me for the last five years, you've loved everything said, but the one minute I got to rebuke or say something that is not biblical about a leader, oh, you know what I'm saying? Then I got to stand at the crossroads of, of, of a vaccination decision. Oh, you know, and it's like, where's the loyalty to the word of God? Where's the loyalty to the man of God? Where's the loyalty to the house of God? And then you're fickle, you're funky, you're going through all these mental and emotional issues, and then you wonder why you can never walk in a straight line. So you have to get back to being loyal to God's word. And I don't want to hear all this. Oh, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and the Holy Spirit of God. That's a bunch of mess. Be loyal and committed and objectively surrendered and submitted and yielded to God's house, to God's leadership. Try that foolishness on your job. Tell, tell your supervisor, it's just me and Jesus here. Forget all y'all. And watch how fast they call security. And march your stupid self out of, 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 of the corporation. Try that uh, when it comes to paying your taxes. Try that when it comes to paying your mortgage. You know what, uh, Mr. Mortgage, uh, City Bank, uh, you know what, Mr. Wells Fargo, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and the spirit of God. I'll get to y'all when I get to y'all. It's okay. Okay, you got it. Three months, is it still you and Jesus? Because uh, you, you, all your front is out there in the yard and the sheriff department is standing in front saying, you ain't, got so, uh, you ain't got but so long to come get your stuff. And by the way, tell that holy uh, spirit of yours uh, to help you put that box, uh, 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 that front is back in that truck. See, we make all the, uh oh, let me calm down. I'm sorry, let me, oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, all right. Number three, and I'm finished. Demonstrate leadership. If there's ever a time to demonstrate leadership, now is the time. Let me say this to you. You gotta hear me closely and I'm almost finished. If there's ever a time to demonstrate leadership, even if it's not popular, remember now, Caleb and Joshua went against the grain. They went against the vote. They went against popular opinion. They went against the corporate shield. They went against, listen, you talking about cancel culture? <laughs> yeah. You, you talking about cultural can, uh, cancel culture? Good Lord have mercy. They went against every conviction, everything possible to stay the course. The Bible says in Numbers 14, 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit in him, he has followed me fully and i will bring him to a land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it my question every one of you before i close is are you following god fully do you even have a different spirit about you i know what god is doing at the city church i know what god is doing with people who are uncovered people who are covered connected in covenant i know that you're different. And if you hang in there, you hold out, you trust the Lord, lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge him in all thine ways. He's directing some paths. He's opening some doors, but you gotta be different. You gotta remain different. Don't blend in, be different. Separate yourself from the crowd, separate yourselves from others. The Bible says in Numbers 13, 30, Caleb quieted the people. I hope I don't sound ghetto, 
and country. But sometimes you, you get the tail poke around, you just shut up, shut up. But, but that's, not a, that's not a nice thing. It, it may not be nice, it may not be politically correct, but the Bible says that Caleb quieted the people. And don't think for a moment he was politically correct or socially conscious and said it in the nicest, mildest way. Sometimes you just got to tell folk around you, sit down somewhere and be quiet and be still. I know you're scared. I know you ain't been here before, but I've seen something. I've heard something and we can do this. He quieted the people. He quieted the people. And he said before Moses, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. You know, the Bible also says in Deuteronomy 34 that Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. He was full of the spirit of wisdom, full of the spirit of wisdom. I know a lot of people full of stuff. It may not be the spirit of wisdom. They full of something, all right. But Joshua was full of wisdom. What does it mean to have good success? Be loyal, demonstrate your leadership, and live like he's alive. I, I openly and transparently admitted today that this has not been an easy season for me as a pastor. I cannot tell you all of the thoughts that have come through my head and my heart these past few weeks. It's sort of crescendo this week on a conference call because I'm like, I don't want to go into lockdown. I don't want to shut the doors of the church in this season, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And then I thought to myself, you know, Lord, maybe it's not a bad thing after all. Our numbers are soaring, by the way. And thank you all for sharing this broadcast. I see these numbers are high and they're, they're getting higher and higher. I'm looking both here online as well as on Facebook Live. And I thank all of you all. But let these last two or three minutes be the crescendo of the message. We need more Joshua's and more Caleb's. We made some moves at the city church in the last two weeks that will confirm today's message. We've made some faith moves in the area of media. We have, we've made some hires. We're making some more hires. We're turning some, we're, we're turning some trending toward youth and young adults. We are enhancing, exploring, and, um, embracing this e-city church online virtual reality. We're going to a place we've never been before, but we're gonna need more Joshua and Kayla's. Please hear me so very closely, I promise you, I'm almost finished, I promise you. Here's where I put the, the baton in your hand. Here's where we make this exchange. Please hear me when I say this. We need more Joshua and more Caleb's. I have one more scripture I wanna put into your spirit and heart to consider, and then we'll close. I told my wife this morning, I said, Pastor Sharon, I didn't say Pastor Sharon, I said, Sharon, I said, look, I'm just told about this whole shutdown, close the church, fear factor situation. But the reality is maybe now this is a good thing because we can meet, we can actually reach more people online virtually than we can in Huntersville, at least for this season. If we can have the people of City Church, our guests, our visitors, combined with the people now in our e-church, come together, let's say for the 21-day fast, let's say for 21 days, if we would be intentional, purposeful, and very disciplined to go out and spread this like wildfire, the word of the Lord, 
the power of God, even in his virtual. You know what? If we'll do our part, I believe God will do his part. If we do what we can control, I believe he'll do what we can't control. If we do the natural, he'll do the supernatural. Okay? Hear me. Hear me. Stay with me. Please stay with me. Don't get distracted. Stay with me. If we would come together in this virtual space and intentionally pin our ears back, square our shoulders, the Bible says they set their face like a flint. In other words, eagle eye focus. 21 days. Seek the Lord. Seek wisdom. Have a different spirit. Go forth. Pray like never before. Invite virtually like never before. We may come out of this month in this season in an exponential growth, discipleship that we've never seen before. I'm not even supposed to be in Charlotte this weekend. I'm supposed to be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That church had a COVID breakout. They said, Pastor Stevens, please don't come. It's not safe for you to come to our church. I said, no problem. A week later, we had a COVID breakout. We're supposed to have a guest speaker today. I said, Pastor Tom Wachin, we got to do it a different time. So much is happening. And maybe, maybe, just maybe God is saying, it's my time. I want to do something. And I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's unorthodox. But if you'll let me take over for a few, I'll take this church to a place it's never been before. I want to read Numbers chapter 11. I wish I could share my screen and you all could see this. In fact, I am going to share my screen because I want you to see this. I want you to see this right here. Here we go. The Bible says this. I'm sorry. So the Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men of Israel, of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them. Notice what the Bible says. Bring them to the house of the meeting that they may stand there with you. And then I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon you. And I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you. That you may not bear it yourself alone. And if you see my notes, you'll see right there where I wrote this online virtual e-church. Those are my private notes. Why? Because the Bible says that Moses laid his hands on Joshua. When Moses laid his hands on Joshua, the next thing we see happening is he laid his hands on the 70 men of Israel or the 70 men of the elders of Israel. He didn't physically touch them, but the same anointing, the same authority, the same access, the same grace that was on Moses, that was on Joshua, now is transferred to the next 70 men and women, for that lack of better words. I say all that to say this to you. What's amazing in this passage of scripture is that it would have taken a virtual space for us to really go to the left, the right, the east, the north, the south, the west. 
It would have taken us in a virtual online space for us to really penetrate every direction possible. And so we've gathered 70 people plus and the same anointing, the same spirit upon Moses, upon Joshua and Caleb will now rest upon these 70 men and women. And intentionally they will go out so that the burden is not just on the pastor. The burden is not just on a few people in the NSSP prayer team or the Sunday school department or the pastoral care department, but everybody now can eat at the table. Everybody can be a change agent and see discipleship and see families restored and see relationships reconciled. But you got to be willing to help, my friend. You got to be willing to participate. And if you're willing to receive that today, I want to pray with you. Good success. Let's pray. Father, this morning, thank you for men and women who will demonstrate their leadership like Joshua and Caleb in this season. May the spirit of you, my God, may the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide. May it be upon all of these, my brothers and sisters, today. And Father, I thank you, God, for men and women that will demonstrate their leadership because they have a different spirit. May they be full of wisdom, direction, and discernment. Father, may we find ourselves faithfully loyal to those you called us to, to the house of God, to the man and the vision of God, to the things you called us to do. May we see the invisible, hear the inaudible, and may we go and do the impossible. Some people ask why and they fail, but then there are others who ask why and they succeed. May we be those who ask why and may we succeed. Father, may we live like you're alive in everything we do. For you said in the word, God, if we'd be strong and very courageous, and if we would observe and do everything that is in the word of God, that you, 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 God, that you would give us the success and you would cause our ways to prosper. And so with that being said, we thank you for men and women today that will prosper and that will have good success. We thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs>